breaking it down scientifically with you, ladies and gentlemen, and making it look easy on a day where we've had to call a few audibles. I'll share that with you here in a little bit. We have much, 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 much to discuss today and very little time to get there. Much discussed, very little time to get there. On your Tuesday edition, Chris Lee's going to join us, southeastern14.com. I want to get his thoughts on uh, Vanderbilt, the, the, the series coming up this weekend, the league as a whole, the Tennessee story thus far. And then Chris Burke today uh, is going to join us in the second hour. In for Evan Russell. Evan's on assignment. Uh, along with Matt Dixon, who's on assignment today. So we've got folks on assignment. We've got the me, the you, the one, on the one, and then Brian Hartman's in there somewhere as well. We're going to come back. Got a full day for you. You don't want to miss it. On your Basilio show, my 76ers, a full-out frontal assault on the NBA championship is happening as we speak. Brian Hartman knows it. He knows what awaits the Celtics in the next round. He understands. Brian understands what's getting ready to happen to his Kelly Celtic Green. Is that Kelly Green, Brian, you all wear? What is that? Do you know what's in store for the 76ers in the second round? That is the is that, question. Is that is that Kelly Green or Celtic Green? What is that, Brian? It's a beautiful shade of green. That doesn't need to be altered with the way they've altered with their uniforms as of what they wore in game one. which what? It, what was that? Those black uniforms, bro. Red Arback would never. They're that forest green that they've broken out with the cursive I Celtics on it. I hate those things. They're That's not our uniforms. No. And all these sheep that buy these jerseys for that are just hideous. I'd rather burn that than buy it. I mean, look like, I don't know, man. Those things are hideous looking. But we're not here to rip anything. We're here to uplift and praise and that's exactly what we're going to do today as we continue on the other side chris lee joins the fray after this spread the word and get the app at tonybasilio.com for android and iphones Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Parks Motor Sales was founded by my granddad, Bobby Parks, and my great-granddad, Julian Mays, in 1958. We've been family-owned the whole time, and being family-owned, locally-owned, means you get to get your next vehicle or your existing vehicle serviced by the same people who stand in the grocery line with you, drop their kids off at the same school you do, and smile and are happy to see you when they do. So come see us at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee on 919 Nashville Highway or ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the stair that only creaks when everyone else in the house is asleep. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. 
Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. Are you new to Murray County? We want to welcome you and your family. We are a local residential garbage service, and we want to be your garbage man. We've been around for over 30 years, so we have a reputation. Check us out at garbagemaninc.com or call Mike at 931-540-0919. You could also ask your neighbor. 931-540-0919. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole bar. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high-quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job to defenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today, 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. Hello, this is John McEwen with McEwen Group Real Estate, located at 17A Public Square in beautiful downtown Columbia. Our family has over 40 years experience selling farms, residential, recreational, and all types of real estate here in Middle Tennessee. Check us out online at McEwenGroup.com or on Facebook and Instagram at McEwen Group, or give me a call today at 931-628-1749. McEwen Group, land is your legacy. Do you use Elf Bars? Old School Vapor has over 100 authentic flavors for only $18.99 each. Check out their other January sales like buy one, get one free for select Escobars, 25% off glass pipes and Mike Tyson's Delta 8 Bites, or 50% off smell-proof bags. Go shop Old School Vapor's selection of over 200 cannabis products from brands like Looper, Torch, Hidden Hills, and more. Check them out on Instagram or Google Old School Vapor to find your nearest location. That's Old School Vapor. This is Clayton Harris, and you're listening to 101.7 WKOM Columbia. Tone to be back with you, 865-200-5402, the number. Hold the calls. 
as we break it on down scientifically with you, and scientifically is how we going to break it on down, as now joining us, moving right to left, left to right across your device, you bow your head and you say his name, Chris Lee, southeastern14.com. Also has covered Vanderbilt uh, in Nashville for forever and a day, but southeastern14.com is doing tremendous stuff. Check them out over on YouTube. And you can check us out today, by the way, because um, Elon Musk is screwing around with Twitter, goodness knows, but uh, several people like myself who broadcast on there daily have seen their page disappear. They're in uh, for that, so, so to speak. And so you can find us over on Twitch today and over on Facebook as well under Tony Basilio's show. Without further ado, so, so subscribe to us on Twitch. Let's get those numbers up. And uh, I guess good things are supposed to happen if we can get our numbers up over on Twitch. In the meantime, Chris Lee now joins southeastern14.com. Vandy is flying high. If I'd have told Chris that uh, one team would have a 5-10 and 10 record and one team would have a 13-2 and two record coming into this uh, uh, blind draw, you know, like back in December, w- which one would be which? Chris Lee, how would you have answered that question? One would be thirteen and two, and one would be uh, five and ten in the league. Hey, uh, first of all, good morning. Uh, second of all, somebody asked that question on our Vandy board this week, and and that that is a phenomenal question because I did not think Vanderbilt would be this good. Now I can can give you some reasons that maybe we're hiding in the background if you want to get into that uh, in a minute. But with Tennessee, I also looked at that schedule before the season, and I thought that is one of the most brutal things I've ever seen. Um, and, and it's not going to get – I thought it was going to get easier from here, and I think it is, but maybe not as, as easy as I thought it would be from here on in conference play. I mean, that was the one thing that worried me about Tennessee before the season. You knew the talent was there, in particular on the pitching side. I, I think there was some – educated guesses being made about hitting that maybe have not yet come to fruition. But just the pitching alone, you thought that that's got everything they need to be an elite team. Maybe that can carry Tennessee for a while until the bats either are what people thought they would be or, or maybe aren't quite that. But that that's a long-winded way of saying I, I've always thought the talent was there for Tennessee. But when you start off with a schedule like that, and especially some of those theories on the road, it doesn't take a lot to go wrong for the season to go sideways, and you end up at a place like 5 and 10. So that was the, the concern I had all along, and I guess that's been the, the place where you should have put your money to date, although I would emphasize uh, I, I can give you plenty of reasons why that could change going forward. Well, yeah, I mean, here's the thing about it, right? So... When you watch something closely, like our fan base does, and you watch anything, you, you, you tend to see the warts a lot more than other people do, which is natural. And then the other thing is, with this Tennessee team thus far, they've really learned how to lose uh, baseball games. But they're playing teams here in this league that are just very unforgiving. And when you make an error, you get punished. Uh, by these lineups, especially in the other, in the in the uh, upper quarter of the league, which is where Tennessee has played a preponderance of their series so far. And Chris, it's been a 
It's been almost a perfect storm uh, raining down on Tony Vitello in Tennessee. It, it really has. Um, unforgiving, I think, is the operative word. I'm looking at – I'm knee-deep in college baseball stuff right now, now that spring football is over in my neck of the woods. And I, I'm spending my days just pouring through anybody and everybody and all kinds of data. And I, I've got right now in front of me uh, – an average of five computer polls that are not not the RPI. I'm not a huge fan of the RPI for, for reasons we could probably name, but these are just what computers say. And, and these are the national rankings right now in terms of the top 11. LSU 1, Wake Forest 2, Vandy 3, South Carolina 4. So you've got three of the top four teams in the SEC. Virginia 5, then you get two more, three more SEC teams, Kentucky, Arkansas, Florida, uh, then you go Oregon at nine, East Carolina at ten, and Alabama, which is six and nine in the league at eleven. By the way, Tennessee is sixteen in that. Cena uh, league is brutal. The SEC is this year. Now there's some issues with the pitching, and that's the whole other conversation. But everybody's having those, and I think is. And I've, I've followed college baseball and covered it for twenty years now. In the SEC, I've seen a lot of baseball in a lot of scenarios. I think Tennessee is the most confusing team I've ever seen to this point in the season because I could give you reasons why that team is in Omaha, and I could easily be right, and I could also give you reasons why the wheels fall off. Tennessee doesn't even make it to an NCAA tournament, and I'm sure you could give me all the same reasons. Um, and maybe to sum it up, look at what happened last year. Ole Miss was a team that a lot of people didn't even have getting in the NCAA tournament. Ole Miss got hot. It ran the table, uh, you know, the story from there. And, and frankly, I think Tennessee is a better team than that Ole Miss team last year. Now, look, I watch them, too. I see the issues with the defense. I see the, the lineup not hitting in big games. Uh, I don't see them playing well at good teams. But uh, somebody's going to be doing a victory lap on this team when the season's over, and it's either going to be – the ones that say they weren't very good and we told you, or it's going to be the ones that say they had the talent all along and we told you. Let's talk about Vandy. Because Tennessee really is a – they're an enigma up till now. They're just – they haven't gotten anything out of their portal players at all. Uh, their pitching has been woefully uh, – uh, their starters have been just – Outside of beam, they, they've been pretty average, which is very strange. Vanderbilt, on the other hand, um, had a more generous schedule, and they've taken advantage of it. Because in non-league play, Vandy looked extremely human. Um, and since league play has begun, they've shot up like a rocket, haven't they? Yeah, and, and boy, it's a it's a tale of two teams in scheduling because Vanderbilt has probably faced one of the two or three easiest schedules in the league, and that, that shouldn't go lost in the thirteen and two. Uh, but boy, the, the, these some of these teams you put them in other leagues, uh, you know, Georgia, Mississippi State. I'm wondering if they're going to be knocking on the door for an NCAA bid, which they're not right now because anybody in the SEC that's not going to be an easy weekend this year, but Back to scheduling, they didn't look great early. Uh, you came out of Arlington, and, and they had some issues with the pitching and, and at times the defense. 
They come home, they beat a UCLA team that the D1's got hosting, and I probably would have hosting too. Uh, they go up to Minneapolis. They win two or three against the Big Ten for what that's worth. Um, and then they come home and they take two or three out of a Loyola Marymount team that stylistically was a little bit of a tough matchup with the West Coast baseball they play. And then they got into the SEC tournament, or the SEC, it's been like a buzzsaw. I think they've got a, a plus 82 run margin in the league, which is twice what anybody else has. Now, look, the only thing they played right now that's going to the NCAA tournament in the league is South Carolina. And they took two or three last weekend, but they did that effectively without their best two or their most talented two starting pitchers. Uh, Tony, this team has been really complete so far. And again, the schedule's had something to do with it, but I think playing that non-conference schedule and those four not easy weekends got them ready for this. They are the top team in the league in league play when it comes to scoring. Uh, they have given the fewest runs of anybody in the league, and they're tied with A&M for the fewest errors. They could just beat you a lot of ways, and, and that makes for a team that's really tough to play. And you know what? That's a far cry from the from the Vandy team that Tennessee saw last year in Nashville, who kind of yeah. lost their way, kind of lost their identity a little bit, and just you know was struggling through one of those down years that you see in this sport. And I, you know, I think the newcomer Tennessee fan that latched on to Tennessee baseball the last couple of years. I think we're getting to understand now that in this sport, you're going to have days of plenty and you're going to have days of few as far as seasons go. And I'm not ready to throw the throw the, in the towel on this season for Tennessee, but this Tennessee team feels and looks a lot like that Vanderbilt team did last year. Just not a lot of identity. Yeah, I think I think to some degree that's fair. Statistically, they've, they've got some of the same issues. Although I think Vandy last year might have been a little bit better on defense. Um, there's some things where here's the thing: computers liked Vandy this time a year ago. They had them as a top ten team. The fans were saying, "I don't, I don't buy it." I guess the fans end up being close to the truth, uh, maybe closer to the truth than the computers did. Tennessee's kind of in that same boat. Now, the one thing that I would I, I would caution people against writing Tennessee off for, I'm looking right now at Warren Dolan, and Tennessee and Vandy are tied for sixth in the country in terms of run allowed, runs allowed per game. And I get Tennessee did some of that against the non-conference portion, uh, and I get that their pitching has not been anywhere near ideal in SEC play, but that's still a pretty strong number. And if I'm going to take a team – and I got to say, you got to give me a team that can really hit or really pitch. I'm going to take the team that can pitch probably nine times out of ten. Tennessee still got that in its back pocket. Um, the Burns outing this weekend was really interesting, using him in a different role. He ended up being their best pitcher, which I wouldn't have expected. Now, on the other hand, you had Kadeem and Tolander. It kind of went sideways on both those guys. Uh, whether that's a one-off or a precursor of things to come, I don't know, but. Um, Man, I've rambled here based on what you asked me, but there's just so much with Tennessee that sends mixed signals everywhere we look, and I really don't know how this is going to go. Maybe this ties it up a little bit. You look at two programs that play this weekend, and they've been built very different. Um, Corbin has looked at the portal as a thing to be used Select spots. They, they really went after three kids in the portal that I know. 
Uh, one was R.J. Shrek, who's probably a top-five hitter in the league this year. They got him from Duke. He fits with what they want with chemistry and leadership and all these things. Uh, and they went after Paul Skeens, who went to LSU. They went after him really, really hard. And they went after Thatcher Hurd, who's also at LSU and not doing too well. Uh, their number of targets was very limited. Built his program around defense and chemistry. And let's keep guys in the program that have been there for two and three years and let's learn, let them try to learn their opportunity on the back end as, as a way to keep morale going. Right now, that's working for him. On the other side, you've got a coach, and I'm not saying this is the wrong approach. I'm not being critical of him, but he took a different approach to this. He looked at situations free agency. Look, what can we add? And he added a shortstop who was, I think, a Team USA player, which not worked out so far. He added a an outfielder who was player of the year in the American. That's not worked out so far, like people hope. Um, now, the problem you have when you do that is you've got kids that have sat and provided their time. And how is the kid going to respond to that? Is he going to be a good teammate? Is it going to mess with your chemistry? Uh, I guess Tony Vitello is the best guy to answer that. Uh, but but it's very interesting that you saw two coaches that approached the offseason in, in, in very different ways. And, and right now the results have gone in different ways. Whether that's the issue or not, I'm not here to tell you. Uh, but you look at Tennessee last year, where it's guys like Trey Lipscomb and Lipsius who had waited their time and waited to get their playing time and made the most of their roles. And, and, and the way that it went for Tennessee last year with the roster composition it had and the way that it's going this year are, are two very different things. Chris, in what ways do you think this Tennessee team is better than Ole Miss last year? Is anything jump out at you in that regard? What, what, oh, what jumps out the most? Pitching depth. Ole, Ole Miss last year... And in, 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 in Omaha, you can space out your pitching a little bit more. Uh, and, and this is where I think Tennessee could win in either scenario because Tennessee's got the pitching depth. Now, it, it's not it's not manifested on SEC weekends the way everybody, including me, would have thought. I get that. But Ole Miss was 7-14 and 14 in the SEC with three weekends to play, barely got in. A lot of people said shouldn't have gotten in. And then what happened is Ole Miss season play, the script didn't look much like it did in the regular season. They had two guys, they had a veteran pitcher who's now gone, and they had a freshman stud who's missed almost all the year in Hunter Elliott, who just day after day took the ball in the postseason uh, and, and came up money, I think, literally in every appearance. I think you've got guys on Tennessee's staff. I, I think that Dolander is more talented than either of those kids. Um, Chase Burns is raw, but you can make the argument he is. And I don't know if he's got enough pitches he can throw in games, and I think that's probably part of the problem is, is people sit fastball and, and make him pay for it. And again, we'll see if the Arkansas series was the start of a turnaround or, or just an aberration. I don't know the answer to that. And, and then you've got a kid in Drew Bean who can really, really pitch. He's not a strikeout guy, but he pitches contact. He's smart, and it's worked for him for the most part until it did in Fayetteville. Uh, you got the bullpen. You got guys like Pinnell. You got guys like Sewell. I think their bullpen's a lot better than Ole Miss's was a year ago. So I think if you compare these teams, Ole Miss was a more veteran team in the lineup, and, and I trusted that lineup probably more than I do Tennessee's. But, again, if you make me pick sides, 
I'm going to take the pitching side, and there's no question to me that Tennessee's pitching is more talented than Ole Miss's was a year ago. Hey, Chris, what, what, Chris Lee joining, by the way. What about Ahuna? You mentioned him earlier, right? Yeah. And, and I can only go off these people we had on. You know, when he enters the portal, Tennessee's fighting with LSU over him. And I guess LSU couldn't buy everybody. Everybody has a. Everybody yeah. has a budget limitation, so Tennessee they Tennessee won one, and it was early in the process, and they were whispering, "Oh, you know they they did this and they did that, and there was a suspension around it, and whatever." You know, he looks like a guy that can't play at all in the field. N- not only can't play, but can't play, and yeah, I mean, he can't even catch. The other day, he he couldn't even catch a. A ball that was thrown a little wide of the bag. I mean, like an eleven-year-old kid almost. Like he's way into his own head. And so the question is this: Did did you before he arrived here, and he played in Kansas in virtual anonymity, obviously. Right. Did did you ever see him? What did you hear about him versus what we've seen of him? And how could it be that? How could the range be that great from what we've seen to the player that he allegedly is? I mean, it's really strange. And it's getting to the point now where it's beyond the normal sample size. I mean, this is this is a decent enough sample to look at this guy and go, this guy's not very good, at least this season, which is really strange for a guy that's supposed to be that talented and ticketed to Major League Baseball. Look, if you're ticketed to Major League Baseball – you should be able to rip it up at this level. You should stand out. And he doesn't do it on the field or with the bat. I'm just wondering your your impressions of him. Well, I'll give you a long answer here. First of all, I'd never seen him play before he got to Tennessee. Frankly, it seems like when when I'm able to watch them, uh, he's he's not on the field for whatever reason. So I've, I've still not seen him play a lot. I'll, I'll say this. He made Team USA last year, and he made it for a reason. People felt the talent was there. Now, look, I, I will tell you this. Uh, if you want to see an exercise in folly, it is it is judging somebody as a pro prospect one or two seasons in. For the most part, you see in the NFL, you certainly see it in college baseball. Well, I'll see guys listed as top ten guys for the draft, uh, and I'm thinking, I've seen this kid play. There's, there's no way, and usually that's how it ends up. I wonder, because you see it at the majors, too. Sometimes it's, it's like, what else is going on? And, and it affects guys who are pros that, that make the year. So you would you would think it's going to affect kids who were 18, 19, 20 also. First of all, he, he didn't hit in the summer. So he's coming in. He's He's got that in his back pocket. Second of all, you had the whole mercy that, that played out in a suspension for him and a suspension for his coach and, you know, like you said, he goes from anonymity to the frying pan of the college baseball world, and, and not just the SEC, but Tennessee, given last year and all the stuff that went with that. Um, it, it didn't particularly start well with him, and I, I wonder how much of it is he's not very good, how much of it is the mental baggage he's carrying around. I really don't know the answer uh, and you might better than I would because you're more dialed into that program. But I, I just look at the backdrop against which he came in. 
Um, there, there were a couple of strikes against him in that regard, and, and you have to wonder how much that plays in. I think it's really interesting when you the way you put that because the game is so hard mentally to begin with. Yeah. And then you get behind the eight ball, and then you have all the whispers around you, all the pressure that's on you. He obviously had a kind of a miserable summer, as we know, um, which, again, I, I don't know, confidence issue. For him not to be able to field, like, routine plays, dropping pop-ups, just crazy things that have gone on this year around him is pretty emblematic of what's happened with this baseball team. I mean, to me, to describe Tennessee right now, I would say my adjective is overrated. But you know what? I'm looking at college baseball. Those preseason polls, could they mean less year after year in terms of who starts up there and who ends up finishing in the money in the sport? I mean, just an observation for you. I mean, last year's Tennessee team was like 35th in the first uh in the first poll, which almost seems kind of foolhardy to look back on that. Um, how Tennessee was number two in America this year, looking at their baseball team right now, is just, I'm glad I didn't have a vote. Let's put it that way. Well, look, I, I think it is harder to evaluate than ever with Portal. I don't know which kid who comes from, I don't know, just throw a random school out there, Evansville. And, and I'll give you a prime example. That's Kentucky. I, I looked at Kentucky and I said, I, I don't know who these guys are. I mean, I look at stats, but I don't know how Western Kentucky two years ago transfers to the SEC. And that's a guy, Nick Man June, who's nailed it. Uh, and then you look at Tennessee and it's kind of been the opposite thing. Tony, I, I still think it was defensible. Now, two might have been a little bit high given. Turnover. A lot high. I, I don't know that my answer would have been much differently, and it's because you've got Dolander Beams and Burn or Dolander Beam and Burns on the weekend. And look, I, I thought that maybe you would see a drop off for those guys a little bit, but not to the extent that you've seen it. Again, I, I look at the back end of the they, they got Sewell, they got Connell, they got guys that seem like they've been on the campus uh, since the first Bush was president. Um, Long way in college baseball. I, I I don't think picking Tennessee where Tennessee was ranked was the craziest thing. Now look, you you had the variables. You had the the portal. How's that going to mess with chemistry? And you had the schedule, which could wreck just about anybody. And I think those are huge factors. But I think if you you I'm, I'm a big believer in let's see what the results are, but then let's take all the parts off the thing. Let's throw them in a box and let's reassemble it. And let's see what you get the next time around. I, I still think for Tennessee, you know, the fielding's a huge issue. Um, and I think it's really hard to pitch, A, in a, in a small ballpark like they've got, and, and B, when you can't trust the guys behind you to make routine plays, which is a huge issue for them right now. But I still think there's a scenario, look, you, you may record this and plating it in two months, and I might sound like an idiot. But I, I've seen their parts enough to think that if you take the thing apart, reassemble it, you still got those three dudes, you still got relievers, you still got a guy in Lindsay that's had a good year. I, I still think there's a path for him or path for them to be really good and, and be one of the last teams standing. Whether it happens or not, I wouldn't bet any amount of money on it right now. Chris Lee joining 
southeastern14.com, about to become southeastern16.com, I'd imagine. But uh, the, uh, the, the the never, ever-changing landscape of major college sports. But uh, Chris has presented and on our TLD Logistics hotline today as he appears. My friends at TLD Logistics want to remind you, owner-operator, we've got a spot for you on our team over at tldlogistics.com. And... Uh, one other thing, uh, and that's that uh, driver training classes are now forming at TLD Logistics online, tldlogistics.com. Chris, the question is, does Vanderbilt have the ability to lose two out of three to Tennessee this weekend? Because Tennessee really desperately needs for that to happen. Is that a possibility in your world as we enter uh, what will be a pivotal weekend for Tennessee baseball? No, oh, absolutely. No, like, I think Vanderbilt's a really good team. If I had to rank the, the, the top teams in college baseball right now, I would go in some order. Wake Forest, LSU, Vandy is the top three. And, and you know, <laughs> my answer on, on how I'd rank those might change, um, you know, in 10 minutes when I look at the next bit of stuff. But that, that's it. I'm like, they, they're a complete team. They do everything well. Now, having said that, I will tell you why I potentially see cracks. Uh, they did not make an error for 13 straight games. They didn't make an error the first three SEC series. They have made seven the last two weekends. So nobody's that airtight. So there was an element where it was due to come back down to earth. You're seeing a little bit of a crack in the defense, number one. I, I don't think it's going to last. But, but it has shown up the last two weekends. Uh, number two, you've got some kids they're relying on that are playing more than they've ever played, and this is the time of the year when you hear the freshman wall being mentioned. Um, a couple of these guys in, in Polk and Bastine are sophomores, but they've never played this much baseball. Those two in R.J. Austin, who's a freshman, though, I think they're all really, really good players. But you, you've seen them maybe not swing the bat quite as well as they did the last two weekends. Now, look, you, you start looking at the other part of the lineup. They got R.J. Shrek, they got Enrique Bradfield, they got Parker Nolan, they got Jack Bolger. They got a lot of guys who played a ton of ball. But if you want to isolate some things, I, I would say you've got some issues with the, the fielding hasn't been quite as good. Some of the guys on the lower end lineup, well, I think they're good hitters. They weren't great the last weekend or two. And I think the third thing, maybe this is the biggest thing, is, is their pitching. Now, look, they, they beat South Carolina two out of three. I think Carolina's elite, and they did it without Hunter Owen, um, who if I would say is one of the top three or four starting pitchers in the league. He didn't pitch at all last weekend. I don't know what his status is this weekend. He's a really tough lefty. Uh, they, they probably, in hindsight, should not have pitched Carter Holton. I don't think they would have pitched Carter Holton had Owen not been out. Holton was a, an easily a top-five starting pitcher in the league. Um, he gets two outs in that and then gives up six straight base runners in the first. Leaves the bases loaded. His relief gets him out of it, but that could have easily been a 7 nothing deficit uh, with, with one well-placed hit. Um, 98 in that inning. So I, I think the health is there. My, my guess is more it's a, a rust thing where he didn't pitch the last couple of weeks. But that's something to monitor is that their starting pitching may not be assembled the way it's been. Um, 
So I, I would say if you're looking for reasons that Tennessee can win, and know by the way, I, I think the the Vols have probably circled this series for a while for for a bunch of factors. Yeah, I mean, like if, if we come out of this weekend and Tennessee's beaten them, I, I'm not completely shocked, and and those are some of the reasons. Always great stuff from you. Much appreciated. On the way out, tell the living listener how they can interact with you, see what you do over at YouTube and all that stuff as you guys continue to grow. Yeah, we're, we've we've gone to a new format. I've been trying for two years to figure out how, how we need to do college baseball, and I, I finally figured it out. This is what we do. Every Friday, Saturday, Sunday morning, depending on when it gets out on Monday, we do a recap of the games that we play tonight before the SEC. So when there's a couple Thursday games, you can go on Friday morning, and I'll break those down in terms of what you need to know. And all the videos are 10 minutes and under. So if you just want to know what's going on in the league, every day the next morning after those night games, you will get an update on everything that went around in the league with every team in 10 minutes or less after those weekend games. Um, we do power rankings on Tuesday. We try to do those in under 10 minutes. I released those this morning. I've got a nugget or two on every team. Um we're doing some team-specific stuff. We preview and review some series with some beat writers. And then I think starting tomorrow, I'm doing my research. I'm going to start doing bracketology uh, and kind of ranking the teams in terms of who can host and who can't and how I'd rank those and, and who's in and who's out. So I'm knee-deep in that right now. Uh, Tennessee will certainly get mentioned in that, and I think that's going to drop tomorrow. So really we're doing SEC baseball and sometimes two or three of these uh, seven days a week, and if you just want to get a good idea of what's going on in the league uh, w- without having to invest a ton of time, I-, I think you'll find we're the place for you. I find you to be always, always enriching and always interesting, and Chris, keep doing what you're doing, brother. Hey, it's always fun. Uh, God bless you guys, and thanks for having me. You too, man. Uh, God bless you as well. Great guy. Chris Lee will take a brief time out. Southeastern14.com. We come back on the other side. Uh, he thinks the Vols can win the series. It's pretty interesting. By the way, over at tclub.team, X has the floor today. Our uh, Tennessee football slash recruiting expert, X, on a day where Matt Dixon's on assignment, a week where Matt Dixon's on assignment, in fact. But our recruiting expert, X, goes through Tennessee's depth chart. No doubt we talk about that a bunch tomorrow with uh, Dr. Sean Sinclair, who will be here on the Wednesday spot. Evan Russell sends his regards. He was supposed to be on with us today. He's on assignment. So uh, my friends at uh, TLD Logistics, our TLD Logistics Extra Innings, we have a pinch hitter. In hour two, his name, Chrissy Boy Burke. Chrissy Boy Burke. I'm really curious to hear what Burkey has to say about Brian Hartman. This Ahuna guy is really a mystery. That that his play couldn't be further from what I thought Tennessee was getting with him, Brian. You know, I think he's got to be hurt to some degree, and he feels the pressure to get out there and live up to what he is supposed to be because he wants to be a Major League Baseball player eventually, and I think it could be a factor of of those three things, possibly. 
I'm not hearing his heart. I mean, I I like the narrative. Maybe we're going to find out he's got something going on. But it just seems weird. It does whatever he was doing before isn't carrying over. Well, he had a really like like um, Chris Lee said he had kind of kind of a miserable summer that we sort of sloughed off. These portal guys, it's just really odd. Um, what's occurred in the portal with Tennessee? And then you, you look at a guy like a Zane Denton, right? Last year, and I'm just looking at his numbers from last season. Um, last season, Denton had 119 at-bats in the league. He had 23 hits. He had three doubles, no triples, five home runs, 19 runs batted in, and he hit 193. And he, right now, is sort of tracking to have a similar season. So there's, I mean, really, when you get get down to it, what's happened with him, I guess you would have to say no great surprise. What's happened to the entire group of transfer players is just oh. it's astounding. Denton's hitting 163 Denton, now. Denton had a great series against A&M, and, and Griffin Merritt had the great game against, I guess, the game three against Florida. But other than that, no, that in wild. league play, Isn't that, you, you know, they, they look like they were legitimate players in that one in those moments, but yeah. nothing before or since suggests they are at this and level. And Ahuna is just – the thing that's so confounding about Ahuna is just the, the – the issue with routine plays. I mean, that double play thing the other day, I mean, they're literally 11-year-old kids that listen to me that will make that play. I mean, you've got to try to not make that play on a Division One field, let alone a guy of his alleged caliber. That's the thing that's really a disconnect about this baseball team, not to mention the pitching and all that stuff and the pitching woes and, you know, pitching comes and goes. Those guys get in grooves and don't get in grooves. You should be able to field a baseball, especially if you're a Team USA guy, if you're of, of, of that repute. And if you want to cover for the guy and say, well, he's hurt, and, you know, I, I, personally, I haven't heard he's hurt. So That might explain some of the fielding issues, though. I mean, Brian, that's excuse-making. Okay. Why is it? Something's off. Guys, I mean, something has to be but, off. But, but why is it, Brian, for other people when it, they don't perform, they get criticized, and then on him we're just going to say, well, he's injured. I mean, that that come on now. It's kind of like, it's kind of like uh, during basketball season when uh, who was it that went out there and played with a bad flu, and then Rick Barnes was screaming at him. And then Jerron Maimon said, oh, I'll give you that one. Jerron Maimon on, on a Garza Law Tennessee basketball overtime said, oh, I'll help you out with that one. Here's was, how this works. If you walk out on that field and you walk out on that field and you can't perform, then shame on you. That's what Jerron Maimon said. And, and Ahuna, I mean, they've gotten uh, – to this point in the season, and it could all turn around. These guys could all hit 400 from here. That's what's so crazy about the sport. And he could field 990 from here. 
He really could. He could go on a tear and, you know, do the wonderful fielding and the wonderful hitting and the, you know, just light it on fire. I'm not betting on that. Let's Let take Chris eight. Burkle join us. Yeah, we're going to take a timeout. Chris Burkle join us. We come back. 865-200-5402 if you want to join us again. 865-200-5402. Also today over at tclub.team, not only does X drop a couple thousand words on you, but we've got some interesting basketball snooze snotes and snuggets for you as well. The snooze snotes and snuggets on hoops are extremely interesting. Um, there's news on Julian Phillips in there. There's news on what's coming with Vesco. If you want to pop over there and check it out over at tclub.team. Also, we are broadcasting today on Twitch. So uh, Twittiots need to move over and become Twitchiots. Download Twitch. You can see the show in all its glory today over on Twitch. So Twittiots need to become Twitchiots because Elon Musk is screwing around with Twitter. And I don't know, I mean, what's he trying to do? Is he trying to drive it out of business or uh, what's the goal? I don't know what the guy's trying to do with Twitter, but uh, it, is a, it is a hot mess since he's taken over. We'll take a brief time out. We'll come back with more on the other side as we roll it back after this. Spread the word and get the app at TonyBasilio.com. Android and iPhones. This is Terry Wilcox, a.k.a. The Chicken Man, a.k.a. T-Willie, and you're listening to 101.7 FM WKOM, Columbia, Tennessee. At Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat, you can always count on us for a great selection of late model, low mileage, one owner vehicles. All have been thoroughly inspected and are ready to go. You can even save time and buy online with our online shopping tool. Looking to sell your vehicle? Great news! We're paying top dollar for your trade. All makes, all models, and in any condition. Trade in and trade up today. At Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat, you can count on us. Hi, Terry Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. When you think of diamonds, what do you think of? Rare, precious, timeless, sparkles like the sun. They are timeless and nothing like them on earth. Then do you think, where do I buy local to buy the perfect ring? Maybe a diamond pendant or earrings or maybe a new diamond band. Look no further. Tillis Jewelry carries all your diamond and jewelry needs. Stop by and see our wonderful collection. And remember, if you don't know your diamonds, know your jeweler. Tillis Jewelry, downtown Columbia. This is Dr. Dominic Mancini from the Dr. Gill Center. If your car was damaged in an auto accident, chances are you'd fix the car. Why wouldn't you give that same attention to yourself? Untreated whiplash injuries of the spinal column may lead to conditions such as headaches, numbness in the arms, neck and back pain. The doctors at the Dr. Gill Center specialize in detecting and treating such injuries from an auto accident. Accident consultations are free. Call me painfree.com or call 615-551-9224. In today's uncertain world, you can never be too careful about your family's financial future. That's why the Parker Group, a part of Barrett's Private Wealth Management, is offering a free second opinion on your financial plans. Let us review your current plan, and we will identify any gaps and offer suggestions to improve it. Please call the Parker Group at 931-548-3737. That's 931-548-3737. Robert W. Barrett and Company Incorporated does not offer tax or legal advice. Hi, Jimmy here for Columbia Ace Hardware. 
Columbia Ace Hardware now carries Magnolia Home by Joanna Gaines Paint. Now their premium quality and huge selection of colors will be right in your neighborhood, along with the award-winning service and advice Columbia Ace has always provided for your paint projects. Around the block, what you need in stock, with people who know their paint. Columbia Ace, the helpful place. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. I've got Miles Johnson on the phone. He is going to let us know everything that's going on at Foodland. Miles, how are you this morning? I'm great. How are you? Fantastic. Well, it's another week, so I know you got some more great specials for all the good folks out there. Oh, yeah. The ad that runs all week has whole New York strips for $5.99 a pound, assorted pork chops for $1.59 a pound, fresh corn on the cob, four for $1.99, and Niagara drinking water 24-pack, three for 10. Wow, great deals. And, of course, as always, you are open seven days a week, 7 a.m. till 9 p.m., and you're located right there on West 7th, right near the post office. So, Miles, I appreciate you every week, buddy, and uh, you guys have a great weekend, and we'll talk to you next week, okay? All righty, thank you. Thank you, Miles. All right, that was Miles Johnson from Foodland, and again, check out all those great bargains you can get there. And again, they're open seven days a week, 7 a.m. till 9 p.m., right there on West 7th Street, right near the post office. The NASCAR Cup Series. Here they come, making their way now through the triable. Speed begins to pick up. Short track swing is over. Now there's a problem. Oh, and a crash in turn number four. Three cars involved. One of them was Daniel Hemrick. Which means it's time for Super Speedway Racing in Alabama. Bubba Wallace into the wall, steaming to the line. Ross Chastain will win. It's the Geico 500. Sunday, April 23rd at 1 p.m. on WKOM 101.7 FM. This is Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee. Let's go to the phones, and we welcome you back on the program. As we uh, hit to the end of our Uno here, Jason is up next with us. Jason, welcome in. Hey, Jason. How are you, sir? Doing great, Jason. Thank you. How are you doing? Good. I'm going to go with you on this. Set. I don't think he's hurt. I think it's between the ears because if he was hurt, I don't think Tony V would put him out there, and I don't think that he would put himself out there if he was such a prospect. Yeah, there's something going on with him, obviously, because he doesn't look like himself. And he just, um, for whatever reason, he just doesn't look comfortable in a Tennessee uniform. Uh, and I don't know if he's going to get comfortable but it's a def- decent enough sample size. I mean, you're at the halfway point in the season right now. It's a decent enough sample size to say this guy's kind of stunk so far. Now, he's their third best hitter, but he's their third best hitter on a team that's basically not hitting the ball. So I don't know what to make of his play, but the lack of um, – I-, I think my greatest concern with him is the lack of concentration on defense is just – it's mind-boggling. It's really strange. Well, I think the SEC, sorry, I think the SEC may be a 
overwhelming thing to him at first, you know. I mean, when you change, it's kind of like when you're in the big, you know, playing for Kansas, kind of like being called up from the minors to the majors to me if you compare it. And so maybe he's just got those mental struggles right now. You know, I hear you, Jason, but then I, you think about, and you just look at, look at a guy who's a USA, Team USA selection, this is an elite, allegedly, elite baseball player. The, the SEC shouldn't bother him. If anything, he should welcome that. But I hear what you're saying. I mean, it definitely looks like, it definitely looks like at times he's out of his league, which is a really odd thing to say. And, and another thing about him, for a guy that bats lead off, he doesn't get on base. That's where they got to move him. I agree. I, he doesn't get on. They're going to have to move him. I mean, maybe I, maybe it's just too big. I, I just think it was too big, and you know, you got to give him some time to adjust and wrap his head around how big the how big of a deal it is in SEC baseball. But anyway, thank you, Tony. Thank you. Good talking to you. It's very mysterious. I hope it works out. Obviously. We all do. And, hey, you know, this team could still catch fire and get swept this weekend. It's time to start thinking about if you're Tony Valls playing the kids. If you get swept this weekend, it's time to start going, hey, you know what? I'm looking to 2024. I'm going to see who in here can play. And I'm going to ask Burke about that. As he's in for Evan Russell, we'll do an extra TLD logistics, extra innings, extra extra with uh, Chris Burke, who's pinch-hitting today, for the great Evan Russell, who's on assignment along with Matt Dixon. Let's get Josh in here, who's up next with us. Josh, welcome in. Hi, Tony. I hope you're doing hey, good. Josh, How welcome in, buddy. Hey, uh, I really like that Chris Lee's uh, perspective. Even though I'm not a Vandy fan, that guy's really good at uh He's a good listener on uh, college baseball. You can tell he's extremely knowledgeable. And... uh his take on the transfer portal, Tony, I hadn't really thought of that, but, uh, I kind of think these transfers, uh, they need, you know, to have them really succeed, I think you need to have a few veterans and the team already have an established identity. Uh, the kids at LSU, uh, you know, Cruz, uh, those other kids that came down there, LSU, you know, they already had some veteran players on that, on that squad. Yeah. That's right. Uh, I think Tony Vitello needs to get back. Uh, we just need to reset, man. We need to get back to simple fundamentals. I know it sounds corny, but we need to take uh, infield, and we need to see the ball and hit the ball in the, in the cage. I mean, we don't – all these metrics and all these stack casts and all this stuff that we talked about on the, on your uh, Evan Russell piece, those guys need to forget about all that stuff and get back to just playing the game. Uh, they still got an opportunity to have a decent season, but you have to catch the ball and you have to, you know, just hit the ball and put it in play. I mean, it's not, it's not extremely complicated. You got good pitch and you can't make mistakes and extend innings on those guys. And, uh, you know, even like Lee said, we're, we're like at the top of the league and runs allowed and we've gave teams so many extra opportunities. We're not capitalizing on our strength, which is that pitching staff. Uh, I don't know, Tony. I I still have just a little bit of faith in this team, but uh, 
you know, each series is kind of eating away at it, and uh, it's really disappointing with all the momentum we've built, you know. You know, uh, you, you bring up a lot of interesting points. First of all, on Chris Lee, he's terrific, uh, and and he's a great guy, and he does a really good job, and he does his homework, and I respect a lot of things about uh, him and what he does. He stopped me in my tracks. Look, last year Vanderbilt had a tweener season, right? And we're kind of new at this. Their fan base understands that you're not going to be a shark every year. Some years you're going to be a minnow, just the way it is. I really believed that Tony Valls, and maybe he does, has magic powers, and we weren't going to go through this. Josh, I thought we were just going to get up every year and, you know, make a run at it every year and every year be at the top. And But, you know, looking at college baseball, it just doesn't look like it works that way. Third point is that the transfer portal can can make you or it can break you. And this year, it looks like it's really screwed up team, Tennessee's team chemistry from the outside, Josh. Yeah, that's, what, that's, what's interesting to me is I've heard Burt speak about how juiced the balls seem to be. Yeah, he's coming on, yep. And we still not, you know, our hitting, Tony, it's just, uh, I don't get it, man. I mean, uh, it's juiced for everybody but us. Maybe when we I know, play, we, we use last I mean, year's baseball. We have to start hitting the ball, or we have no chance. But to, to yeah. even have that chance, we have to we have to make plays behind this staff. And uh, I don't you know. It'd be number, interesting to hear well, Park yeah. comment on. You know, uh, well, I might just to hear let's what bring, he has to say. I respect you so much, Josh. I'm gonna bring Chris Burke in here with you. We're gonna violate the rules here because Chris loves you too. Uh, Josh, of course, the guy that gave us the birthright on Tennessee with that the Alabama game this year, which led to the Alabama win, and uh, and and that'll never be forgotten by the living fan. Chris Burke, you're on with my man Josh, who's traveling the highways and the byways, and so Burke, let's start there. Why is the ball juice for everybody but us right now? Hold on, let me first pay my respects, Joshy boy. This is like this is a big time honor for me. Uh, I played that. I played that call for my wife. I played it for my kids. Uh, we 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 had so much fun with that. I cannot say enough how much I appreciate your passion. And as somebody that's uh, you know technically an outsider that's been welcomed in by the volunteer family, like that was beautiful, my brother. And uh, so I got to give you some love for that. And um, the fact that it moved my wife, who could you know could could basically take or leave it most most times, other than on Saturday afternoon, uh, it just it tickled me. So it's an honor to be on with you, buddy. Well, hey man, it's an honor to be on with you, Marky. I have a uh, you know I'm a diehard Braves, and even though you ripped my guts out uh, <laughs> in the playoffs, I still have a miniature helmet. Right above my TV on my porch with some autographed balls, and that miniature helmet has Chris Burke's autograph on it, and uh, it will be there till they lay me in the dirt, my friend. And uh, you're awesome on this baseball, and uh, make me feel better today, or or rip my heart out again. But tell me the truth, Burke. Uh, 
are we going to turn this around? Or uh, what, what's it going to take from uh, Tony Balls and my baseball balls to get this rolling again? Well, it starts this weekend. you got 15 games left. I think the, the math tells you that if you go 9-6, and six, you should feel pretty good about it, especially, you know, the, R, the current RPI is already in the 20s, so that's not a problem at all. And if you go 9-6 and six, down the stretch, you, the RPI is going to do nothing but go up. So, you know, from an at-large standpoint, maybe even 8-7 and seven because, Again, if you go eight and seven against this crew, your R is going to be in a in a level that almost in the hosting conversation. Now you can't host with a below five hundred record, but that's the good news. You, is you got nine out of your last fifteen at home. You're playing all really highly rated RPI teams, with the exception of Georgia and Mississippi State, which give you a chance to actually get your your win-loss record better and so that's the good news right the bad news is you're playing defense at the bottom of the barrel in the league and other than kind of having faith in maybe the law of averages that maybe they'll just play better it's hard to see that changing immensely now what would help is your donkey's starting to get more swings and misses. And to be quite honestly, sorry for me not having my seatbelt on, uh, if they can strike out more people, the ball's put in play less. Right? And so if you start getting some dominant performances um, from Dolander and Burns and Beam again, and you bring in your, your best bullets out of the bullpen and they're getting swings and misses, then maybe that makes the defense less vulnerable. How about that? Is that, is that a glass half full take? How, how'd I do? I guess, man. I, I'm just so, <laughs> I, I'm kind of depressed. I, I bought in the, I just went completely bonkers last year and, uh, I've seen the number two beside our name and I think, uh, I'm having trouble coming back to reality a little, but compare the pitching we're going to see in the second half to the pitching we've seen to start the season in SEC play. And, uh, do you think that'll help us? Get our backs going a little bit, which will entirely hey, well, give us what, some confidence. Hey, 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 Josh, is it okay if I yeah. do this segment, or what are we going to use? Going to do the damn thing? You want me to <laughs> I'm sorry, you're, man. Listen, hey, Josh, if you're going to do the thing, I'm going to go in here and, and do what's left of the laundry. It's no problem. You let me know what you want to do here on TLD Logistics <laughs> Extra Innings. It's an extra session here. The legendary caller, Josh, is visiting with the legend burke your your story about putting the helmet above your mantle and laying you in the dirt i mean my gosh you just did it again what are you doing man i mean you're you're like a master orator what are you doing over here you you got not a dry eye i don't know tony i'm just an alternative school uh Thomas Bennett graduate who's a truck driver man i, I don't no, know about not. all that you, master orator you are a master orator. You are uh, a beautiful man, as far as I'm concerned, a valued member of this audience. And you're one of well, the great. Well, I appreciate uh, you letting me talk to one of the all-time greats uh, to, to wear the orange on the diamond, Tony. You know I love baseball, so I appreciate well, you, buddy. But anyway, Josh, I'm going to hang up and listen to Bert. No, 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 ask your follow-up question again, because I want to hear no, how Bert answers this. We need to get our bats going, and... I, I know, you know, our schedules have been ridiculous, 
and uh, compare the pitching we're going to face in the second half of the SEC schedule compared to what we've seen up until this point. And uh, do you think that might help us get our bats going a little bit, which will in turn give these guys some confidence, which they desperately need, you know? So, Thank you. Yes, I do. And the Scott Irish obviously have a way with words. So that's pretty clear. Uh, isn't, isn't that what you call? Isn't that what you called your descendant, Scott Irish, up there? In hillbilly, the, in Mark. Hillbillies. He calls them hillbillies. <laughs> um, but no, definitely the pitching lightens. Even Van, Vanderbilt leads the league in, in ERA in conference play, and they have some big arms. Vanderbilt always has some big arms. But what's interesting is their their ace, Carter Holton, missed his start two weeks ago, and last week did not get out of the first against South Carolina. So there's a lot of mystery and intrigue around what's up with Carter Holton. Um, so so that'll be interesting to see what he does. Now, they've got – it's Vanderbilt, so there's plenty of options to go. Um, what's interesting is Devin Futrell, who leads the league, I think, in, in ERA among starters in conference play, is not your typical 2023 arm. Like, he's a – touch and feel left-hander, which is pretty fascinating. I mean, I think the fastball's up to 90-91, but it's, it's a swing and miss changeup and a big breaking ball. He's kind of a um, little bit of a throwback, like pitchability left-hander. And he's been carving people up in game three. And so Vanderbilt's staff is actually a little wounded, but still pitching at a, at a really high level. And they do have probably the best closer in the league in Nick Maldonado and, and – um, you know, they got the Schultz kid out of the bullpen that's got a big arm. So there's there's plenty of arms, but 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 maybe not quite the velo as maybe an LSU um, or certainly a Florida. So there's that. But then after that, when you get when you start talking about Mississippi State and Georgia, their staffs are at the bottom of the league. Now, again, uh, they still have some arms because they are major SEC schools. But again, you're asking relative. Relatively speaking, there's definitely opportunity going there. South Carolina and Kentucky actually have really good pitching staff. South Carolina, I would say, is better than Kentucky's. Kentucky's maybe is a little more pitchability, a lot of change-up guys, not the big below that you see from some of the other elite pitching staff. Um, and South Carolina is maybe a little bit of a mixture of both. So I would say the back half of the league schedule Number one, you're playing at home, which I told Tony right from the jump. I thought this offense would always play better, drastically better at home than they do on the road. And I think that has played out, and I think will continue to play out. The weather's going to be warmer, and the, the pitching staffs aren't going to be quite as talented. So I would be shocked if Tennessee's offense doesn't play better in the second half than they've played in the first. Well, I think this would be the first home series where we're going to have some decent weather. So I think uh, Tennessee fans are going to do what Tennessee fans do. And uh, I don't know. I'm still holding out hope we uh, surprise Vandy and uh, get a little life, uh, get a little juice going again here. But, hey, thank both of you guys. Hey, thank thanks, you. John. Thanks, John. See you, all Thank you. Uh, Chris Burke uh, in pinch hitting from a man, Evan Russell, who was going to go today and then had something come up and, I know Berkey loves Evan. I love Evan. And thank you, uh, Chris Burke, for serving. Uh, member of our dysfunctional radio family and great standing, Chris Burke. Berkey, um, 
we were talking with Chris Lee before about Ahuna, and Ahuna was like an international man of mystery. You and I were talking when he first went into the portal last year, and and Vitello had communicated that they loved him. Oh, loved! They just loved it. They just, you know, they loved him. I mean, they just loved the guy. Um, and he was highly coveted by other programs, the LSU's of the world. LSU thought they were going to get him. They were shocked uh, when he ended up at Tennessee. So the best of the best of the best of the best in the sport wanted him, and he just hasn't looked right from the from the jump. I mean, he's he's had a few moments here. But nothing that would make you say, man, Team USA player, there he goes. A- a- am I wrong in that assessment? And, and what is your read as somebody that somebody that played with some great shortstops and somebody that has, you know, seen the the top of the mark uh, in college baseball? I mean, this guy just doesn't look like it. What do you what do you think's going on there? I think that's a really good question. Um, I think that, yes, he was as highly coveted as anybody in the transfer portal. You know, probably him and Tommy White and Paul Skeens were kind of the the big fish, so to speak. Hurston uh, Waldrop, the Southern Miss pitcher that ended up in Florida, I would put right there in that same class. And I think overall what you can look at is that the – Southeastern Conference velocity has certainly been a, a struggle for him. I think that's one of the hardest things to figure out because you anticipate a kid coming over from the Big 12 to have less of a problem than probably somebody coming from a mid-major conference, right? Um, but the reality is you never quite know. Sonny DeShera came from Stanford and absolutely lit the league up and was the co-player of the year. And people would think, well, how the heck are you doing better in, you know, the SEC than you did in, you know, in, in what is that, the Big South or what is Stanford in? What, I think they're in the SoCon. In the Southern Conference. Yeah. There you go. With ETSU. So how, how would you do – thanks for hopping in there, B. How, how could you possibly do better – that much better, a hundred points higher on your batting average, better. Um, but you just never quite know, right? Whereas a kid who played in the Big Twelve that has Texas and Texas Tech and TCU and Oklahoma and Oklahoma State, like you're playing those teams, you'd think those numbers would transfer. He made 14 errors last year, which isn't great, but but it's it's not awful either. I mean, we all know errors can be a bit of a subjective stat. Um, I don't think so much that he's made. The errors, I think the hardest part to watch with Maui is how many just elementary, you know, somebody that's played the position and coaches the position and has sons that play the position. Like, I tell them all the time, like, you're playing shortstop. The errors are going to happen. You're playing, besides catcher, the hardest position on the field. You know, you're, you're going to run up the middle and get to a ball you're not supposed to and then throw it wide of the first baseman and the guy's going to advance the base and it's going to be an error. What you can't do is get errors on, you know, tosses from the second baseman that you whiff or on pop-ups or on uh, routine double play balls where all your energy is going towards first base and you're just playing catch from 90 feet. Like, I think, I think it's not so much the air total 
but the type of errors that he's made that have me scratching my head with him. And the hitting part, I mean, you know, he's been in and out of the lineup. Like, hitting's hard. The numbers aren't terrible. The, the hitting part hasn't been, I, I think, the issue as much as there's been a lot of head scratchers on defense. Chris, the shortstop being Yohuna and the third baseman didn't replace two guys at those positions that had waited their turn and had been in the program all that time. Do you think that when you bring in two other players from outside to just take those spots that there's somebody that might have been waiting behind that had been here that wanted to, to play third and short, do you think that can mess team chemistry up a little bit when you go the free agency route? I mean, it can. You know, I would say, like, last year A&M made this crazy run, right, with a bunch of um, transfer portal kids. And granted, they, they had a roster coming back that was flawed, and there was a reason their previous coach had been fired, right? But one of the things that Jim Schlossenegel said over and over again was that, yes, they got good players, but he had no idea the type of leaders and uh, chemistry builders that they had signed. Like you, that part is hard to really know. And so Troy Clonch and Dylan Rock were like these incredible, a little bit like getting Hendon Hooker. Like, okay, yeah, he played great at the position, but I think we all agree Josh Heupel is going to have a bunch of quarterbacks that put up gaudy stats. But you, how could you possibly know you were getting the human being that you got when you got Hendon Hooker, right? And so, I think there's a piece in this transfer portal, and that's not to say Maui and Zane are bad kids at all. I, I haven't heard anybody say anything close to that. But it's the difference between getting, um, you know, big-time leaders and uh, kids that are maybe just playing their draft year and, and, and worried about taking care of their own business, which is nothing wrong with that, but that doesn't necessarily add to the clubhouse, right? So – I don't want to speak to their character because I don't know, and I have not heard anything that, that they're um, kids that aren't adding to the clubhouse. But it's very obvious this team is missing a little something. Um, and really, I, I think I would put that more on uh, calling Blake Burke and Christian Moore and Jared Dickey higher than trying to peg that on Zane Ditton and Maui Ahuna. See, I think that's fair. And, and I think the thing that's really interesting, um, Burke, is that these guys, the, weir- the weirdest thing is Chris Burke joins, is that these guys are so easily rattled. You know, I was making the, I was making the, the case that, or made the point on here, and it's just an uncanny deal with this group. Every time they make an error, Burke, it results in a big play for the opponent. Not sometimes... I mean, I would bet that number is 85% of the time. Mm-hmm. These guys open a, like the air day, that double play ball you're talking about. Okay, maybe the throw's a little wide and you're not going to turn the play there or whatever it is, but you've got to catch the ball there. You've got to come out of that with a lease and out. I mean, you've got to make a clean play. And so immediately, a three-run home run, like immediately. It's just, yeah. you do this. This happens, and it's going. Yeah. It's been going on all year, which to me speaks to, like you said it earlier, the schedule is going to lighten. But I look at this Tennessee team right now, Chris, and it looks to me that they're, like they're playing themselves. 
They're not even playing their opponent. Because no, as that, soon that's as that right. stuff they happens play on defense, yeah, yeah, because yeah. they don't play better, yeah. they don't play yeah. better. They're not going to be. They won't beat Mississippi State playing the way they played over the weekend. Oh, they're not going to no. beat anybody. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, I mean Georgia. Georgia's a, a play away from beating Florida in that series at Florida. Right, Mississippi State's won two series in a row, and South Carolina, Vanderbilt, and Kentucky are top ten teams. So. Yeah, the, the schedule's lightened, I would say, from maybe from a pure pitching standpoint, like some of the high-end quality arms. But, you know, that's a bit of a, a a relative term in the world of Southeastern Conference baseball play. But you're right. They're not playing well. Um, you know, what I would say, the, the weirdest thing about that play you're talking about is the ball didn't hit Maui's glove. He didn't touch it. It just didn't make – that play didn't make much sense. So – you know, and, and, you know, Tennessee's also in that what I call matrix where, you know, Chase Burns gives them the best outing he's had by miles all year in the Southeastern Conference. Yep. And it's out of the bullpen when they're already down whatever, four runs. Yep. Right? Yeah. So they need they need that outing from Chase Burns starting on Friday or Saturday. That's what they need from Chase Burns, right? Um, they, 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 they need Drew Beam to pitch like Drew Beam always pitches, and he has the worst outing he's had in his Tennessee career. Like, yep. It, it, it's just, it's just not, man. It's just not what you would expect. Um, and it, it, the game goes like this. I mean, it goes like this all the time at every level. Mm-hmm. But when you're in this league, there is, and, and everybody is trying to attack the wounded dog because everybody's scratching and calling for wins. There is nobody feeling sorry for you. Um, and I just think the what can go wrong does go wrong factor happens to um, teams that that don't that don't have alpha leadership um, and say whatever you want to say about Drew Gilbert. Tennessee walked into every series like we have him and you don't, and that's that's as clear as I can make it. And every team that's great has that guy. And they take the field and they go, our best player is better, or our, our most clutch player is, is better than your most clutch player. Yep. And there's something that that adds to a team yep. that you can't quite put a finger on. We had so, so Tennessee Bert, football yeah, in 98, yeah. had Al Wilson, yep. and you didn't. Yep. We have and Al didn't. Wilson, and you don't. Right. That, that, well, you, you mentioned Hooker before. It is before. what it is. You mentioned Hooker before. Hooker drag, 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 drug a bunch of guys that were used to losing. And even when he was gone, they still played at a high level. He's over there on the mm-hmm. sidelines on crotches. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, that, that leadership piece is, uh, yep. which here's a question That's for right. you. This is, and I'm sure Tony and Frank internally are saying to themselves, and, and you know, Tony's going to keep low profile and stay off the radio this week as he should. And you know, what can you say when you're when you're in the spot mm-hmm. they're in right now? Mm-hmm. So, I, I I look at this thing and and I say, okay, you got this weekend, pull out of it. If you get swept this weekend, you almost have to look at your club and go, okay, we're going to find out who we have for 2024. And I said that to Bino yesterday, and you know, look, I'm I'm a guy that. Is gets very emotional at times, and I want you to tell me if that's an emotional take or because they've got to identify: do we have leadership within 
do we have somebody that's going to be our leader in 2024? And different people lead in different ways. And then what do we have on our roster? Because if you go back into the portal and you do this all again and you expect different results, I don't know how different the results are going to be. I mean, they're they're in a weird spot right now. This is a critical series. Am I wrong? Well, I think you're wrong in that. I know you didn't say this, but you're kind of like, pull the plug and see what you got. I, that that piece I don't agree with because okay. ba- the beautiful thing about baseball is you're never out of it until the math says you're out of it, right? So there, there's always a chance because there's always another series. And, you know, we used to have media members say this to us all the time in the big leagues. You you, you go play the Cardinals in, in July, and they say, is this a must-win series? And you're like, we got 75 games left. No, this isn't a must-win series, you know. But, like, for Tennessee, let's just say they got swept this weekend. Okay, so now you have 12 games left. Well, I mean, you, you still need nine wins or maybe eight. Like, the math still is there. It's not friendly, but it's not gone either, right? So you just you can't pull the plug until the math says you, you're out of it, my opinion, okay? Um, that doesn't mean you don't st- still start, you know, continue to look for outside-the-box solution um but you, you you do have to obviously start doing things to make the math not so extreme and that yeah. starts with at least winning one if not two this weekend and if you can do again to me if i was if i was advising the tennessee fan base you, you know i like your line you don't like to tell people how to think but i would start looking at things like we have to do this all the time as hitters okay I, i'm just I, I'm, I was 10 for my first 50. I'm not even acting like those at-bats happened. Today, I'm 0 for 0. And I'm going to start keeping track of my stats from today moving forward. Golfers know that, right? I shot 42 on the front, whatever. I'm even par starting the back nine. Let's go out and try to shoot a good number. I'm sure your son does that all the time, right? So if I was Tennessee right now, I'd say I've got nine of my next 15 games at home. I'm 0 and 0 in the conference. The goal is to go 9 and 6. And the math of that can happen a lot of different ways, but that's the goal. That That's the way I would look at it. Yeah, I, I'm just looking at, because Chris Lee said something interesting, right? And this is all educational to me. And I, I lean on people like you and him uh, that, are, that love the sport of college baseball. And it's a unique version of the game. And, and we're seeing this. Because what it feels like to us is, you used the word vortex earlier, and what it feels like to us is you had a 110-win team last year, and these guys are playing like a 110-loss team right now. And there's like no middle ground. These guys look like, I mean, the way they're playing, they look like complete losers. Now, that can all turn around, but they just do the things that losing teams do. Um, so, that said, he said the interesting thing about Vanderbilt last year is they went after three guys in the portal. And Tennessee went after a bunch more. And I wonder what Tony's philosophy becomes going forward with the portal. Because in his opinion, you can upset your chemistry by adding too many pieces. Because he, he, and he made the point that, look, Trey Lipscomb waited and waited and waited and waited and waited his turn and finally got his turn and made the most of it. And when you jump guys over guys on your roster that have waited their turn, 
you know, you kind of run the risk of, of upsetting chemistry. Do, do, you, do you subscribe to that, or do you think Tennessee goes into the portal this year and they go hog wild and pig crazy again? What do you think? I think Frank Anderson and Tony Vitello are very, very, and Josh Elander are extremely smart. And I think the reason they didn't go into portal the year before is because they believe wholeheartedly that Trey Lipscomb and Cortland Lawson and Joel Ortega were the right guys. Now, did they think Trey Lipscomb was going to play at a player of the year kind of level? Probably not. You know, did they know they were going to get all that out of all those guys? Probably not. But they, I think they believed they had the answer on their roster. I think the reason they didn't do that last year was the same reason. They didn't think they had the answer on their roster. So I think that's probably a stretch. I think those guys are smart. I think those guys know exactly how to evaluate talent. And I think the reason they went to portal is because they didn't feel like they had the right answer in-house. If they don't believe that's the case, or they already had somebody coming in, I, albeit a you know a, a five-star kind of recruit or a JUCO player that they believed was the answer, if they don't think that's the answer come, going forward this year, I think they'll go right back into the portal. So uh, I think those guys are going to do what they think's best for their team. And what I know is that's not always a black and white deal. You're going to miss some. But these guys have gotten it right for a very long time. They they nailed the program build. Yep. They got so good at it that they lost pieces in the draft that they didn't think they were going to lose. And one of the things I've identified about following this thing really closely for a long time is when you start building your program at a level, pro ball notices and they go, well, if that guy has somebody committed, we might need to evaluate him a little harder. And next thing you know, guys start getting overdrafted that are commits of programs that are really, really talented. And so Tennessee has lost both high school kids and junior college kids to the draft that they didn't expect to lose to the draft that they felt like got overdrafted to a certain degree. Um, and it's in a way, it's flattering and it's a compliment, but that doesn't help their baseball program any, right? So then you're searching, then you go to the transfer portal, you miss a little bit. And, look, the margins on this deal are very small. A, a miss on a player or two or three is the difference between being 12 and 18 and 18 and 12 in this league. It, it It's not that big of a jump. It just isn't. Again, Georgia almost beat Florida last weekend. And Georgia's, what are they, 4 and 11? So, I mean, you know, and, and Florida's probably going to Omaha. It might win the whole thing. And Georgia's a play away from beating them. So, you know, it's just a player or two here or there that flips this league upside down. It really does. Berkey on the way out. How does Tennessee handle Vanderbilt this weekend? What do you think occurs? What's your read on it? Um, I'm going to say that Tennessee figures out a way to win this series. And I'm probably going to keep saying that with the exception of, what is it, South Carolina on the road? Who are their two? There are two road series left are Georgia and South Carolina. Is that correct? Correct. So I, I, I'm going to still put Tennessee as a betting favorite to win their home series um, until they prove me otherwise. I, I just think Tennessee is a different animal at home. I know Florida put it to them a couple times, but, again, those first two guys in Florida's rotation are kind of different animals when you get them on the wrong day, which – they did. Um, so until, until Tennessee proves me otherwise, I still think they're a favorite to 
to win their home series um, the rest of the way. And But I will say this. You want to talk about math. Vanderbilt's 13-2, and two, guys. Vanderbilt can probably go 7-8 and eight down the stretch and win the league. They definitely, if they go 8-7, and seven, I think they'll win the league. So you want to talk about a team that's put themselves in position A. Vanderbilt comes in with as that team. So maybe you get them not quite as desperate. Maybe. Burke, you're the man. You've got to be quite desperate to spend 25 minutes or 30, 30 minutes with us. I appreciate you, brother. <laughs> well, it was really because Joshy Boy was on, to be fair. How great is Josh? How great of a caller is he? I mean, it's just, there's just that, that Alabama call. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Lord man. willing, you're going to be doing this for another 20 years. And whoever mm-hmm. takes the reins from you, maybe your boy hops in the chair. I hope that no, call is no. played until Tennessee, until the Lord comes back and Tennessee no longer plays football again, because that was one of the all-time great calls in radio history. Thank you, my brother. You're my man. All right, fellas. The great, you bow your head when you say his name, Chris Burke. I appreciate him joining we come back at 865-200-5402. Eris is going to join, and then we're going to break it down scientifically. By the way, a uh, trio of Tennessee basketball stars will be milling around up at Smoky Stadium this weekend. I will let Eris give you the details, the gory details, and that will happen on the other side of this, 865 865- Two hundred five four zero two, and then some basketball stuff. Little basketball news for you, as a little uh, little eye on the roster and where things are going. And we're going to continue as we roll it back right after this. Spread the word and get the app at TonyBasilio.com for Android and iPhones. This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern Middle Tennessee. WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia. Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. And I'm Michael Parks Lawrence at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Together, we're Mr. Bobby Parks' grandsons, and we run his dealership, and we are glad to be part of our local community. Being family-owned and operated, we invest heavily in our community. We do things like sports teams, schools, bands, you name it. We try to help everybody we can. The reason why we do this is because we all love this community. So come do business with us, your neighbors, at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee, right off Nashville Highway, or at ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter like the drywall that somehow isn't. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, this is Steve, the garbage man. 
Y'all have heard me talk in the past about Packer, our mascot dog. Well, I have some sad news about Packer. She recently crossed over the Rainbow Bridge to join our other beloved pets of the past. Packer lived out her final days on our farm in Water Valley. She had a great 14 years of life after being rescued by Don from being thrown away as a pup in someone's garbage. Rest in peace, Packer. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole barn. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Hello, my name is Connor Mims. My wife Bradley and I live in Columbia, Tennessee in Riverside. I am a deck and porch builder and my wife is a second grade teacher at Riverside Elementary. My specialty is designing and building elegant and comfortable porches and decks. Let me work with you to design and build the porch or deck of your dreams. Give us a call today from our website, MimsModernLandscape.com. That's MimsModernLandscape.com and check out what we have to offer. Thanks. This is Laurie Cole, Executive Director with Pay Grace Forward. We are a community solution to predatory lending. We help people in Murray County who are trapped in payday and title loan debt. We do this through financial mentoring followed by low interest grace loans. To see if Pay Grace Forward can help you or to volunteer with our organization, please visit our website at paygraceforward.org or call 931-548-6797. Join us on April 21st at 7.30 a.m. for the Dorothy Campbell Golf Scramble. This is going to be an annual event. It'll be hosted by the Tohi Golf Course on April 21st, starting at 7.30 to noon. Proceeds from this tournament will go towards the academic and athletic opportunities for our students at Columbia Central. Please contact Ms. Christy Smith at Columbia Central High School or Dr. Mike Steele, the principal at Columbia Central High School. Hope to see you out there to celebrate this amazing individual for the Dorothy Campbell Golf Scramble. This is Jack Cobb with Murray County Public Schools and the Big Yellow School Bus. You're listening to Front Porch Radio on 101.7 WKOM in Columbia, Tennessee. TB back with you. I'm I'm getting the lowdown. I was getting the lowdown there. Um, Let's go to the phones. In fact, on the Newsmaker Hotline, now joining us on the TLD Logistics Hotline after Chris Burke vacated, is none other than my man, Aris with my Tennessee Smokies who are back in town doing their thing this week. And, uh, Aris, I just retweeted out, uh, retweeted, retweeted out. I just retweeted an item about uh, basketball night at the ballpark. Tell me about it, brother, As, and I welcome you in. Yeah, brother, thank you so much for having me once again. So wonderful to hear your voice. You know, just wanted to say that right out of the gate. Nice, man. Yeah, so uh, this upcoming Friday here, April 21st, this Friday, is going to be Tennessee Hoops Night at the ballpark. So we're going to be proud to have Eurosh. We're going to have 
um, Meshack, and we're going to have a waka here at the ballpark to meet and greet with our fans. I love it, man. Yeah, dude. I, so, you know, you know the balls coming yes. off their great season this past year, and we have a couple of the big names from that coming over here. So they'll be here in attendance from 7 to 8.30, doing autographs, photos, whatever you want, you know. Uh, totally complimentary with a ticket to that game, and they're going to throw out the ceremonial first pitches of the game, too. And I'll tell you what, Eurosh has never been more excited about it because he's never held a baseball to begin with, but he gets to throw out the first pitch. So I'm looking forward to seeing that guy from the mound. <laughs> And you know the funny thing about a kid like that is he's kind of a baseball enthusiast. He's been seen at like a lot of the uh, Tennessee games, and, and it's just interesting uh, that a kid like that. And he's just loved his time uh, so much here in Knoxville. And then Awaka, and I think this Mayshack guy. You know, you and I are both NBA fans. I think this Mayshack guy has a real opportunity to develop into a player that that we see playing. Uh, one day on that level. I, I think that Meshack guy has some really special athletic ability and reminds me of some guys that have come through here in recent years who have made it to that level. So uh, it's not going to surprise me. He's got some Josh Richardson-type uh, game to yeah. him. So that's exciting news, man. Now now tell me about their involvement. They're going to throw out the first pitch now. Is it going to be one of those things where they'll be milling around with people uh, and that sort of thing as we go? Yeah, so they'll come out to throw out the first pitch around 6.45, and then you know, the Smokies' right. first pitch, first pitch of the game will be at 7 o'clock, and they'll be all there on the concourse for autographs and interaction. You know, I'm sure a lot of people love to chat with them about the past season, um, all the great success that they've had, and doing photos and autographs, so it'll be great, you know, just trying to give back to the community here you know everyone loves the balls and we're kind of you know combining it once again balls and the smokies here right here in your backyard no question about it and it's exciting to stop and think about um the fact that you know the weather is going to be really really nice this weekend and so what else eris do we have planned so on friday night again uh you're going to have uh the likes of uh Who's going to be there once again? You're going to see Awaka, you're going to see Meshack, and then Euros. You're all going to be there, correct? That's correct. Yep, they are ready to be Beautiful. here on Friday. And we have a full lineup, once again, of fun stuff taking place here at the ballpark. So today is going to be our actually our peanut-free night, and that's something that we do every single year now. This is actually our 12th season uh, working with the Allergy, Asthma, and Sinus Center. And this is a special game because those that – are afflicted with a peanut allergy, can come out to our game worry-free. We spent the entire week cleaning the seating bowl, cleaning our concession stands, removing peanuts and peanut-related products from our stadium so it could be a worry-free game for those that normally suffer and can't make it out to America's pastime. They can come out to America's Family's ballpark today worry-free and enjoy that. Which is something that a lot of us take for granted. Absolutely. Something you know, that, actually, 2% of the of country here take for have granted. a peanut yeah. night, so, uh, no. have a peanut allergy. So it's really crazy to think, um, you know, they can't enjoy that. So it's I'm really happy to have that and work with them once again this season. When, when my daughter was playing tennis, um, she was playing with a young lady who somebody opened up a pack of peanuts on an adjacent court. And this gal got extremely sick from it just even outdoors 
like you're talking about. I mean, it's something that is just, it's, it's wild to think about. And you said 2% yeah. of our population, is that what you said? 2%. You know, that's something that, I mean, it, it's on the rise. It's crazy to mm. think about. Mm. That's a lot of folks afflicted with that. Eris, what else do we have coming up on our uh, elaborate homestand here? Yep, so tomorrow, Wednesday, Thursday, and indeed on Friday, it's also our Health Care Workers Appreciation Day. So those are doctors, nurses, EMTs, uh, whatever it may be, they can come out to the ballpark absolutely free with uh, with an ID. So just show uh, how you work in the medical field and show your ID at the box office and you get a free ticket for that game. That's happening tomorrow, Wednesday, and Friday. Uh, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. So God, great, beautiful, little, something that we give back. So that's absolutely beautiful, and those are the heroes among us, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, the absolute heroes among us. Eris, anything else on the homestand you'd care to highlight here as we talk about the fact that the Smokies are back in town this week, uh, and more information can be had where Eris. Yeah, brother. So all the information about our upcoming promotions and giveaways can be on SmokiesBaseball.com. Our season is just beginning. You know, today is game four of 69 this summer here at Smoky Stadium. So we have a lot of great, great ideas and promotions that we would love to provide to you guys. So come on out to the ballpark. You have plenty of opportunities to do so. And I will say this. You know, we have a lot of top prospects in the Chicago Cubs organization this season season to start off. We have the number one prospect in the Cubs organization. His name's Pete Crow Armstrong. He's actually going to be highlighted this evening on MLB Network as uh, the first of a weekly series where it's uh, the minor league player of the week. So he's actually being uh, featured about that tonight on MLB Network. And, you know, you get to see him right here in Smoky Stadium. So take advantage of the opportunity and see a couple of big-name guys before they become the big-name guys in the majors. No question about it. And that's always been one of the charms. Plus, you can get so close to those guys. It's in, it's an intimate setting. And the truth is, I've never, and I mean never, gone to a Smokies game and had a bad time. In fact, for that matter, I've never gone to a baseball game and had a bad time. So, uh, at any level. Uh, maybe a few Phillies games, Harris. I wish I didn't attend. But uh, yeah. other than that, the Philly, there's always an exception to every rule, and it usually involves Philadelphia sports. So, Eris, let me ask you this. I, I, I was asking Brian Hartman in hour number one if he's ready for the beatdown that the Sixers are going to put on the Boston Celtics in the next round. The Sixers last night looked like a house of fire. Actually, they looked like a house of cards in the first half. They they played at a, at a, a like an en- energy level. They looked like they had low T. And uh, James Harden was doing that thing where he was standing around dribbling the basketball. He drives me nuts. But... Um, I think that our Sixers are beating the Boston Celtics in the next round. Are you calling that shot with me, Aris, right now on the air? You know, I'll say this. Uh, James Harden did that thing, just as you said, and he played, whatever, 40 minutes and got eight points. Um, but if that means that Tyrese Maxey's going to score 33, then I will do that trade every single day, to be honest with you. Does Brian uh, understand what awaits him? The, the, the budding star that is Tyrese Maxey, who's about to take the next step uh, in his maturation process. and uh, One of my favorite athletes maybe to ever play in Philadelphia, Tyrese Maxey, a guy that plays 
with the joy of old-school Brazilian soccer, one of those great Brazilian forwards, just plays the game with such joy, a smile on his face, and he's infectious, and I love Tyrese Maxey, and I love my man Jalen Hurts, who's a product of Oklahoma football, not Alabama football. I consider him an Oklahoma uh, product. I mean, good times are ahead for the Philadelphia sports fan, and bad times are ahead for the Boston Celtic fan in the next round. Eris, can you feel me? I'm feeling you, dude. I really, really am. You know, the, the biggest thing, and it's not any secret at all, is Jason Tatum, man. If we just shut this guy down, the rest of the team will crumble. And I mean that. I really, really mean that. What about uh, Jalen Brown? He's also what about Jalen Brown? I, He's a clown. He I, wears a mask. What's the guy think he is, Jock Plant or something, Brian? The guy wears a mask. What's it, Friday the 13th? And Brian? what about uh, Robert Williams? Lobbed. Oh, what about that, him? That He's guy. A scrub. I tell you that what, he's the expert. He, he's going to be. Guy's a, guy's a scrub. I don't know who you got that can handle him. Oh, have you in seen the right, our man? And Marcus have Smart. Seen, have you seen? He's going to do Marcus Smart things. Miami, Brian. Brian, have you seen the man we brought from Miami, who has no equal on the front line? That guy looks like uh, that guy looks like an absolute forty-five-year-old guy at the YMCA. <laughs> and don't forget about Grant Williams. Hey, hey Brian, why the maxi stopper. Why didn't Grant Williams play uh, at hardly at all the other day? What was that about? I Brian? think they only played eight guys. I, I think he will play as the series goes along and the matchups dictated, but it is kind of strange. He, he 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 had sort of had some games in the regular season where he didn't play much, so I, I believe he'll, his number will be called at some point. It just depends you on know. the matchups they have. They have. They, they, Eris, that's you're basic. my man. You can t- you can hear the worry in Brian Hartman's voice and all. And Brian speaks for all Celtic Nation when they know that the 76ers are thinna. Then I put a beating on them, which will begin next week. Fade hard, and that's all I got to say. Fade Al Horford, not, that's all I have to say. <laughs> we are, yeah, Horford. What a we are not losing a game to the Nets. We do not need to play around with the Nets. They are not going to lose a game to the Hawks. So I said, I say, just move both teams on to the next round. Amen. Let's just move yes. on from this whole, you know, yeah, charade. These two teams yes. have the easiest first round draw of any of the teams that are favored. There is By no, far. That is no, true. no doubt about it. Um, Aris, I love you. Thanks, babe. Thanks, brother. Talk to you soon. That's my man, Aris, with the Smokies. And get more information there. Uh, and they are going to take incredibly great care of you at the Smokies are home all week. So, And, of course, Brian, we kid. If you think I'm betting on that six, well... I really you know, want to talk trash. It's going to be a good series. I I think. It, I mean, I I don't I don't discount Philly's chances. Yep. But I think I'd probably have to put a gun to my head. I'd say, yeah, I'd, I'd take Boston in, in six or seven. So I want to thank Eris for appearing on the TLD Logistics Hotline online at tldlogistics.com. Uh, and listen, um, if you've got a shipping issue. Uh, you got to call my friends at TLD Logistics. Look them up over at tldlogistics.com. They're going to find a solution to your problem. And it'll be a solution that fits your needs, not their needs. That's what they do each and every day. 
and I really thank them for helping us ramp up the conversation. Chris Ludlam, here's some basketball recruiting, a basketball recruiting update. Chris Ludlam, the kid from Harvard, uh, completed his visit to St. John's. He is done taking visits. It's St. John's, it's Tennessee, it's Indiana for him. If he chooses the Vols, give a huge assist to Grant Williams. Dalton Necht has gone stone-cold silent, but uh, he was here over the weekend, and it's interesting. Tyler Perry, T-Y-L-O-R Perry, has been an absolute headache. Um, Arkansas took L. Ellis recently from Louisville, who, I mean, I'll be generous here. He's a pretty nondescript uh, point guard for um Louisville compared to the career that Tyler Perry has had. But Tyler Perry has been such a headache that it looks like he's going to end up at a wild card spot. It looks like he's going to end up at Ole Miss, uh, according to what I'm hearing internally. That's the thought. Silas DeMary is a name to watch here. Uh, Now, he is a young man that Tennessee was involved with before they took the commitment. There were two kids out of the Carolina, out of North Carolina they were involved with. Uh, him, and then also before uh, Tennessee took the commitment from Freddie DeLeon. But Silas DeMary is a um, point guard, two guard out of Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, another Justin Ganey production. And Silas DeMary... Another team that's gotten involved with him is now St. John's. Here's the thing about St. John's. You know Rick Pitino is going to get players there. You know he's going to appeal to their NIL program uh, and get players there. You know Rick Pitino basically came to the press conference and said, "We we have removed our entire roster from our roster, so we're going to go out. He needs ball players. Uh, And Pitino feels like he can go out and get ball players. And so Tennessee is going against uh, them a couple of times here. Let's see how they do. Silas DeMary's a kid Tennessee is probably going to get involved with. But let me go through the rest of the roster. Here's the rest of the roster update for Tennessee right now. Uh, Julian Phillips is expected to announce in the next little bit that he's heading to the NBA draft. He hasn't been on campus for close to a month working out for the draft. Tennessee obviously has been expecting this for some time because he hasn't been around. Now, I will tell you, there have been cases where guys like him sort of pull out, uh, go train, and then get a bad report from the NBA and decide they're going to come back and then make up their work in the summer. That's occurred in college basketball. That's a thing. So I wouldn't close the door on him 100%. But I would say it's relatively closed on Julian Phillips playing uh, in a Tennessee uniform next year. I'll tell you what, I I hope the guy blows up and has a great career. Good for him. Fesco, it is strongly expected you're going to see him announce shortly his intention to come back. And for Tennessee, that will be absolutely huge, huge, huge news. Um. B.J. Edwards, we, we talked about this a couple weeks back. The belief is that at some point he's going to enter the transfer portal. Uh, the young man from Catholic High School, and 
the deadline is May the 2nd, and if that occurs, this allows Tennessee to go full bore at Silas DeMary and or someone else. The thing about DeMary is that's a young man who signed with USC, and we tie it back to the NBA. Silas DeMary is no dummy. Um, he does not want to go to the NBA and Bronny James come who's going to play the same position. Brian Hartman, who do you think is going to get playing time, Silas DeMary or Bronny James at USC? I'd say that's an MB no-brainer from Silas DeMary. I, I think who, uh, Stephen Pearl would play over both of those guys if he oh, were there. Oh, what a great line. What a great line. Unbelievable line from you. But as it as it comes, uh, Silas DeMary, uh, over the weekend on social media, announced that he's uh, reaching out to the NCAA to get a waiver to get out of there. And so uh, there you go. He's requested his release. It looks like Bronny James is Trojan-bound. It was down to Ohio State and USC for Bronny James, who's a four-star player, by the way, not a five-star player. And DeMary is listed as the number two player in North Carolina behind Freddie DeLeon. And if Tennessee ends up there, that would be, uh, I'm not kidding now, that would end up being a terrific uh, occurrence for Tennessee. Also, we are still of the mindset here that Vesco is the lone Lone guy, welcome back from last year's team. That still seems to be the case. Uh, I want to thank today Chris Lee for joining. Uh, no TLD Logistics Overdrive overtime today, but um, tomorrow Cinco stops by. We break down the football depth chart with him, his thoughts on some of the recruiting developments there. Also, tomorrow on the show, Mike Detillier with some thoughts on the NFL draft and perhaps my man Evan Russell stops by as well. In the meantime, I want to thank Chris Burke. I want to thank Chris Lee. I want to thank Eris for stopping by. I want to thank all the great... This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern middle Tennessee. WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia. Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram thanks St. Jude Children's Hospital for their admirable work. We are committing to their cause of providing quality care to families in need at no cost to them by donating $150 for every new vehicle sold. Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram is proud to partner with St. Jude for the fourth consecutive year. If you are currently in the market for a new vehicle, visit the team in-store or shop online at Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia.net to help families protect what matters most. You can count on us. Hello, this is Rick Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. What is a full-service jeweler? Experienced staff, custom designers, in-house jewelry repairs, and beautiful jewelry. Yes, at Tillis Jewelry, we are passionate, knowledgeable, and committed to integrity. We strive to be the best in our community and in our profession. We build long-term relationships and become part of family traditions that will cross generations. We delight clients by providing an unparalleled selection, superior service, and exceptional value. Tillis Jewelry, we exceed your expectations. 
Do you suffer from knee pain? Is it painful to walk or perform your day-to-day activities? If so, we have great news at the Dr. Gill Center. We can relieve your knee pain fast and easy with no downtime and no surgery. The FDA has approved a new non-surgical treatment for knee pain, and it's covered by most major insurance, including Medicare. This treatment has helped millions of people across the nation. Call today to see if you qualify for a free consultation and get back to a pain-free life. 615-551-9224. Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high-quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job at Fenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today, 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. Hi, Jimmy Elliott for Columbia Ace Hardware. I want to invite you to the grand opening of our garden center, Saturday, April 29th. Come check out our great selection of fruit trees, hanging baskets, ferns, and garden plants. We'll have those things you need to get your garden growing. There'll be lots of activity that day, grilling demos from our Big Green Egg and Traeger experts, free giveaways with your garden center purchase, and Bree's homemade ice cream will be there to take care of your sweet tooth. The doors open at 8 a.m., 112 East James Campbell. Columbia Ace, the helpful place. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. I am Jack Blackstone. And I'm Emery Blackstone. Together, we are Greenway Tech Repair. Tired of slow computers, cracked phone screens, and fancy home electronics you don't know how to use? We can help. We provide local on-site services as well as remote troubleshooting for any job, no matter how large or small, from computers and laptops to mobile devices and home electronics. We Blackstone Brothers are eager to serve our community. Find us on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. That's on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. This is Mark Curry at the Trailer Store. We are a local, family-owned business. Every day, I work with my wife, Susie, my mother, Becky, and my son, Justin. We offer a full line of lawnmower trailers, utility trailers, stock trailers, and a full line of trailer parts. We also offer service. Come see us at 1021 New Lewisburg Highway. Call us at 931-381-2795. That's 931-381-2795. 
Coach, baseball is back, and WKRM 103.7 is excited to bring you coverage and sponsorship options for this 2023 season. That's right, Taff, and this year our advertising partners had the option to sponsor our live Little League coverage, Atlanta Braves coverage, or a combo package that carry both of them. This area loves baseball, and what a great way to support the community by helping us bring coverage of our Little League, but also taking a moment to promote local businesses. People are crazy about the Atlanta Braves. Whoa, 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 whoa. There's something special and timeless about baseball radio broadcast. There sure is. So visit Front Porch Radio TN and click on the blue Advertise With Us button for more information about how your company can sponsor baseball of all kinds this season with WKRM. The NASCAR Xfinity Series. Under the green flag now, Justin Allgaier on the inside. Heads to Dega. This is a prime opportunity for Josh Berry, and he has risen to the occasion. Who will prevail down the Alabama gang super stretch? John Hunter Nemechek down to the inside of Chandler Smith off turn four. Chandler Smith has the momentum. It's the Ag Pro 300. 2.30 Saturday, April 22nd on WKOM 101.7 FM. This is Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee.